Welcome to This Girl Puts Out, where we talk to real people with real stories about real life stuff. I'm your host, Carmen Caretta. This particular episode is one in a series about achieving health through weight reduction and management. I talk to individuals sharing their personal stories, as well as experts who shed light on the good, the bad, and the ugly of losing weight. So many of us struggle with weight, body image, and confidence. Why not put it all out there so we can support each other and learn? If you've got a story to share, please visit me at thisgirlputsout.com. Welcome everyone to This Girl Puts Out. Thank you for listening today. Today we are continuing with our Your Body and Your Weight series. And every time I think I'm about to wrap this series up, I meet someone wonderful who has a lot to share. And I think I can't, I can't possibly end this yet. I need one more guest. So today um, I'm happy to introduce you all to Tammy Rowe. Uh, Tammy is a dietitian, nutritionist, and yoga instructor. She specializes in women's health and wellness. Tammy has worked in clinical dietetics as well as corporate wellness, and from there she developed a passion for preventative nutrition, which eventually led her into private practice. She works exclusively with women seeking a holistic approach to wellness, and um, she's very active herself in sports, dance, and running. She became an unlikely yogi uh, when she had an injury sideline her for a year of her life, and um, um, eventually, she went on to earn a teacher's certification and integrated yoga into her nutrition practice, which is amazing to have those both working together where they should be. Um, and she's built her nutrition practice around the philosophy of yoga, combining the science of nutrition, the perfect trilogy or trifecta of wellness. I'd like you to welcome my guest, Tammy Rowe. Tammy, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here and have this conversation. Awesome. We're going to talk today about dealing with perimenopause through the lens of self-care and all the things that you specialize in. So, Tammy, we're going to start with your story and how it led to this mission of yours. Sure. Well, and that's actually a funny story um, because I had no intention of being here in my uh, in my business at all. Um, so the way I ended up getting here was because I ended up in perimenopause myself. And to be honest, I thought I was having some kind of physical crisis. I thought I had developed some awful disease or condition and I, to be very dramatic, I told my husband, I think I'm dying. Um, and after just exploring and all of the knowledge that I had at this point, I have a master's degree in nutrition. I have all of this medical background behind me. Um, I had never even heard the word perimenopause. So I was floored when after months and months of weight gain and all of these symptoms, um, nobody told me. I found it out on a Google search. Like nobody said, hey, maybe this is what's going on with you. Um, so between my own education and the, you know, just the medical system being what it is, um, I kind of had to find my own way here. And that really opened my eyes. You know, there's such a need for women to talk about this. Now, I don't have the advantage of having anyone, um, 
I lost my mother when she was very young. And so we didn't have any of these conversations. I was young. She was young. Mm. Um, so it's not like I had anybody in my family or anyone to talk to about this. And, um, you know, women, older women that I had come in contact with throughout the years, you know, that I worked with menopause was just this awful hot, you know, you, you know, the typical things, right? right. Hot flashes, you're miserable, you're moody, whatever. Um, so I really, I felt blindsided and betrayed quite honestly by, um, you know, what I thought I was, you know, I thought I was pretty, pretty good at my job and knowing what I needed to know. And, um, here I am at a total loss. So that's how I ended up here, you know, through my own journey and just really feeling like, why aren't we talking about this? Why isn't there more out here? And why are we not helping women in their thirties to transition into this as much as we're helping women in their twenties transition into fertility and mm-hmm. child rearing and all of that? Like, why is this so taboo? So that's my story. And that's how I ended up here, uh, working exclusively with women uh, in their 40s, 50s, and even in their 60s. Wow. So you noticed a big gap in education. Uh, interesting to note, you, you hold a Master of Science, and you I had do. never heard the word perimenopause. That's, that's, it floors me. I, you know? Right. And I, you know, even reflecting on it, like when I went back through and during my discussion or my, you know, my discovery here, I went back through my notes and my books. <laughs> I, of course I have them all right. <laughs> Was I not so, paying attention that day? Right. Did I miss it? Right. And I went back through and it's, there was not even a section for women's health during menopause or perimenopause. It's completely ignored. So it goes from, you know, in nutrition and now mind you, a master. So more than seven years of education and then internships on top of that. So, you know, there's, it goes right from fertility to older adult. And that's in quotes, older adult. And I'm like, okay, so like nothing happens in the middle. I was, I was just shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Where is, where is the place for that huge group of women? Exactly. Um, So can you give us just a quick crash course? Perimenopause, what is it? Yeah. So actually um, it's, it's a huge chunk of time for a lot of women. Perimenopause is that period between um, kind of, you know, that fertility, right? When we're having our kids, as you start to transition towards menopause. So if, I guess we have to start with the definition of menopause is 365 days without a period. So it's literally menopause is the end of the journey when typically we think of it as the beginning of the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So much happens before then. So for some women, it could be five years, seven years, uh, but statistics show that for most women, it's about 10 to 12 years, this period of hormones beginning to decline along the way. So you can think of it as um, puberty in reverse. So when you're a teenager and everything's amping up, you know, getting you ready for all that, it's just like that only backwards. Now we're starting to 
lose our fertility. We're starting to lose. The hormones are becoming very chaotic and sporadic. Um, you might have fluctuations of really high levels of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, mm-hmm. and then really low levels. Um, so it's just the body's way of heading towards uh, menopause. And then from that day, that 365th day, uh, then now you're postmenopausal. So what we think of as menopause is really perimenopause. Mm-hmm. I love the analogy of puberty in reverse. That makes yeah. so much sense to me. And it's really easy to, um, it, it's a perfect, perfect analogy. So why, why isn't perimenopause a household word? I mean, you said, you pointed out you, you didn't have a mom present in your life to maybe teach you about it. What, why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't our, our providers talking about it? Where is it? <laughs> I know, right? Well, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, some of it comes from the fact that it, it feels like the beginning of the end. So nobody wants to talk about getting old, right? Nobody mm. wants to talk about all of the things that come along with that, especially women. We don't want to admit that, uh, you know, we're coming down out of what is seen as a woman, seen as a woman's job, right? Mm-hmm. Having kids, being fertile. So it's become a very taboo thing. Um, we just don't like to admit, you know, weakness of any kind. Mm-hmm. I think from the professional, like the medical standpoint, again, I think that has a lot to do with similar to my experience. There just aren't enough providers out there who are making this a priority yet. Now it's improving definitely Mm -hmm. in the 10 years now that I have been, you know, kind of in this world, it Mm -hmm. is definitely more so than it used to be. I think um, we just need to do a lot of work around the taboo behind the idea that you are less of a woman when you have hot flashes or mood swings Mm -hmm. or, or less fertility or, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Well, there's definitely, you know, the, the trend is always to be the fountain of youth, right? So everything is, everything is towards anti-aging. So perimenopause does not fit well (laughs) with that, (laughs) but I think it's also important to point out, it's not always, uh, that a provider is being, um, you know, not bringing this up. There's definitely a lack in the education programs for healthcare providers across the board from dietitians to physicians, um, programs lack attention to certain things. For instance, vaccines. I, in nursing school, you know, we get like 20 minutes on that. That's a whole entire discipline, you know, um, nutrition is lacking from a lot of programs. You're getting, you're getting a half a day or a half of a half an hour of, of course training on nutrition, um, in certain programs. So, so I do think that contributes to the problem a little bit, perhaps. What is the connection? I mean, perimenopause can cause a a lot of symptoms, depending on where you're at. So what is, what is the connection between um, weight and hormones or weight and perimenopause? Yeah. So this is, uh, it's not a straight line and it's not not always an easy answer, but um, what happens is that estrogen likes to keep a happy body. 
So it keeps your metabolism flowing. It keeps um, stress levels low. It uh, manages, it's kind of the starting point for all of the hormones that affect your metabolism. And when estrogen, progesterone, testosterone start to become very chaotic and irregular and dip off, uh, the entire system is affected. So how you metabolize food, how it becomes stored as fat, how your stress coping mechanisms all work together Mm -hmm. to keep your metabolism humming along. Um, This all results in a kind of a climate in your body that wants to store more fat. When you think about from, you know, an evolutionary perspective, your body wants to store fat because fat means survival. And this time in your body is, like I said, it's a lot of chaos. So it would be a good idea as far as your body thinks, oh, I need to store fat so that I can make sure that I am doing everything I can to survive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basically all the systems want to put more weight on. And if you're not taking each of those systems and, you know, really getting down to the root cause of it, um, it gets out of control. Mm -hmm. So most women will gain, they'll gain a few pounds, but that's not to say that that has to be your story. That few pounds does not need to become 20 pounds or 30 pounds or, you know, um, snowball like that, you can absolutely stop it and even reverse it. If you know how to work within the system to work around that lack of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone, keeping that happy system. Mm -hmm. So you just really need to kind of, um, you need to approach it with a, a more, okay, I need to, you know, put on my bootstraps and take care of this mm-hmm. myself because mm-hmm. it's just not going to work on autopilot mm-hmm. anymore. So we do, you know, we have experts that treat hormone imbalance, mm-hmm. um, but there are a lot of things that, that we can do to promote hormone balance. Absolutely. Um, through nutrition and some of the things that we're going to talk about next. Um, We're going to transition here into yoga and tell us how that can help and how the yoga philosophy just is the perfect foundation for self-care during perimenopause. Yeah. So basically, like I said, you have to, you have to take more responsibility now for the things that Mm -hmm. estrogen was doing. In order to do that, you need awareness. And at the, the foundation of yoga is increasing awareness. It's learning to turn your attention into your body, what's going on with you, and how you can, um, and just how you deal with all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, I use yoga as part of a mindful eating process. So I tell my clients all the time, what do you need now? Ask yourself that question. What do I need? And it might be, I need, um, I need energy. How do I get that? I get that by having a high protein breakfast or I need a nap. So, you know, recognizing what is going on with you. Um, So yoga just really allows you to hear the messages that your body is trying to tell you so that you can then put on your little detective hat and make those informed choices going forward. So we make over 200 nutrition decisions every single day. Wow. 
I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy to think about it. But I mean, if you do think about it, it's like, oh, yeah. And there are some days it's probably closer to 500 for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you're not paying attention, it's easy to do things like grab the box of crackers when you come home from work instead of really turning inwards and saying, what do I need in this moment? Do I really need that? Or do I just need to tell somebody about my day? Do I, you know, do I need some energy right now? Or, you know, is there something else going on that needs my attention? So by adding the yoga practice in, and it's, you know, the, the philosophy, right? The, um, the breath work, the mentality that your, your body is going to let you know what you need, then you can be better informed to make these choices. So like I tell my clients, you're not always going to make the right choice. And that's not what it's about. It's about creating that pause Mm -hmm. in your reactions so that you can take informed action going forward. We use yoga in a number of different ways through the physical practice where we're actually doing the shapes and, you know, and all of that. And that helps you to really listen to what's going on to your body and create that, that pathway of you know, heightened body awareness. Mm -hmm. So if you've never done yoga, um, something that everybody can relate to would be holding a plank for 30 seconds, you know, so like that high end of that push up. So if you hold, you know, any yoga pose for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and it's just you and that body shape and your breath, you're going to learn an awful lot about your body at that point. When you do that enough over and over, you start to just habitually learn what your body is trying to tell you over the course of, of time. So it works with looking at, um, in the terms of mindful eating, it helps with looking at when are you hungry? Are -hmm. you eating because you're triggered in the case of, you know, perimenopause, we have a lot of triggers happening. And if you're reacting to mood swings, reacting to hot flashes, you might be tempted to choose foods that aren't going to support you in managing those conditions. Mm -hmm. If you're paying attention and you have that increased awareness around it, then you'll, you know, you're just going to naturally go towards the more nourishing things more often, not always, (laughs) but more often you'll go towards those things instead. So it's, it's taking both the physical practice Mm -hmm. and that centering that mental mindset practice and combining them with the outcome of taking care of your body, which is essentially everything that self-care is. I think most people, well, a lot of people, when they hear yoga, they just think of the physical practice. They don't realize that yoga is a philosophy. Yes. And it definitely is. So yoga stems from two basic principle, well, a lot of principles, but the way that we use it um, with nourishing your body is, you know, through being present. So separating out everything else that's going on, all of the noise that happens in life and drilling in on what you're doing now so that you can focus and, and do that one thing, which when we talk about the, you know, the fountain of youth being present literally is that it makes time infinite when you're present. Um, And then the second piece to that is a yoga philosophy known as ahimsa. And ahimsa basically means to not harm. And when you turn that 
around and that's everything right so it's like the golden rule every every philosophy has it right but um in yoga it literally means yourself first so nourishing yourself first and non-harming towards yourself which is self-care um giving yourself the nutrition you need to not suffer because as yogis we want to live a life absent of suffering and I don't know anything worse than hot flashes and mood swings <laughs> when it comes to, to suffering. So, you know, if there's a way to eat a pattern of food that's going to reduce those hot flashes, those mood swings, the weight gain, if there's a way to, to nourish your body instead mm-hmm. of restrict and punishing, then as a yogi, you're more inclined to want to take that path. I think as a human being, you're more inclined, but Mm -hmm. this is, you know, kind of the basic of principles that we teach in yoga. You know, the average working woman, mother, you know, she's driving home and she is thinking about the box of crackers. She's, (laughs) she's thinking about the glass of wine and the crackers. (laughs) I just assume everybody else is because I am, (laughs) but we're responding we're responding to situations around us. And oftentimes we do it without even thinking, without taking that moment to stop and be self-aware. And it's, it's really easy to get into a pattern of just letting our thoughts lead us, right? And just letting our routines and our habits lead us. When if you really do just stop, everything changes you realize that you are in control. And maybe you're going to eat the crackers and have the wine anyway, but you're making a conscious choice and let a, instead of letting something else drive you. And that that's huge, you know, being able to have control over that. There's so much learning about yourself that comes from that and empowerment that comes from knowing, okay, I took the moment, I have this choice. There's, you know, a lot of other types and levels of yoga um, what do we need to know? What are, give us a crash course. <laughs> yeah. And it would be a crash course. One of the reasons I love yoga and, um, in my bio, you said I became the unlike, you know, I will, I wrote it. You said it, uh, I became an unlikely yogi. Um, what I hear from people is I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible or I need something that's going to give me results. So there's literally a yoga practice for everyone. And I, specifically teach two very different ends of the spectrum. So yoga is much more than the the physical practice, uh, but with the physical practice comes the mindset, regardless of what your physical practice looks like. So you, you get that benefit of, you know, that awareness, that turning inward, being present, regardless of what your physical practice looks mm-hmm. like. So most common, most of us are doing something along the lines of a flow. Um, You know, you might hear it like power yoga, vinyasa, uh, which is one of the techniques that I teach. So that's a very rhythmic moving. um, I find that my uh, my clients that like cardio, my cardio junkies, mm-hmm. they tend towards this yoga flow. And that's, um, you know, a lot of power going to it. And then the opposite end of that spectrum is going to be more of your restorative yoga or um, a, a method of yoga that I teach that's called yin, which focuses on joint health and really giving you a lot of space. So in yin yoga, you'll 
sit in a pose for upwards of 20 minutes. Now, the benefits are twofold on this. First of all, when um, as we start to age, especially in perimenopause, joint pain is one mm-hmm. of the things that we really struggle with. Um, this actually nourishes your joints because it takes the muscle holding out of it and it really allows your body to get deep into those joints. And the other piece to that is now you're sitting in this shape for you know, up to 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. there's really not a heck of a lot else to do than to start rolling through what's going through in your mind, which begins with, I need out of this pose immediately. (laughs) And then then the longer you're in it, you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm never leaving this pose. I guess I live here now in this, you know, pigeon or whatever it might be. Um, But then you start to really focus on well, that hurts. What happens if I move? And, you know, what happens if I hold through this? So you learn a very valuable lesson in this, in that you can do hard things, which is then adding on to that habit of, okay, if I'm driving home from work and I'm thinking about those crackers and that glass of wine, maybe I can do the hard thing of waiting till dinner right? Or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. So they're, you know, everything from flow to, you know, the very restorative, um, laid back, more mindset centric yoga, there's something for everyone. And then there's everything in between, you know, we have our slow flow, which is a mix of strength with a little bit of movement. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that kind of combines. So really, regardless of your level, and everybody can do So not to say that there's an age limit or anything like that. So regardless of your age or your physical ability, you can do vinyasa if that's what you choose, because your instructor will give you different modifications within that. There's very level, very different levels within each practice that allow you to always have some place to grow, always have somewhere to go with it. Um, And then of course there are the, the fusion, um, you know, for fun, I'll teach a lot of those sometimes too, mm-hmm. where I'll blend bar and, and vinyasa or, you know, different modalities, strength, mm-hmm. you know, I'll add weights to that kind of stuff. So if you're, and I call those like the gateway yoga yeah. <laughs> practices, you know, it's like, uh, I'll only do 10 minutes of yoga, but you know, if you give me some dance to do along with it, then I'll do more of that. Um, so there really is an entry point for anyone in any fitness level. And it's not always what you think. So like uh, marathon runners feel like they need that high energy vinyasa class. I'll almost always recommend that they start with something more restorative to give them the, you know, the yin and yang aspect, Mm -hmm. the opposite, you know, um, of the spectrum to balance out their running. And then they'll find that oh, when I slow down and I do this more restorative yoga, it actually improves my running. Um, So yeah, so there really is a, there's a yoga practice for everyone. And um, there's a lot that goes into it, depending on how much restoration you want, how much mind body practice you want, as opposed Mm -hmm. to body mind practice, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and just, you know, what your need is. And it changes from season to season, uh, you know, and I don't mean uh, season as far as weather, although that right. could be true too, but also, you know, um, in perimenopause, we definitely do not recommend that women do a lot of high intensity fitness. It increases um, your inflammation. So you want to do more 
activities that are going to support your body. So build muscle, uh, the joint health, that kind mm -hmm. of, of aspect. So you want to do less of that high intensity stuff and more of the, you know, supportive. So restorative and yin and maybe even slower flows, um, you know, uh, more strength building as opposed mm -hmm. to the more cardio based, um, so yeah, so there's, there's definitely an entry point for anyone along the spectrum. Uh, and even if you don't want to do a single pose and you just want to sit on your mat and breathe, that's always an option too. Yeah. So I think it's important to, um, you keep referring it to as a practice. So mm -hmm. you don't take a series of yoga classes and be done. I mean, you could, but it's better to look at it as something you're going to learn over time. So for instance, if I take a yoga class and I take a few and I don't, I don't care for it, I don't like it. There's plenty of other styles and yoga practices physically that I can try. And I oh, think absolutely. Yeah. And not only that, so not only, um, so I always tell everybody the first time they come to my class, don't judge me today, wait for three classes mm -hmm. because not only the, the, the practice itself, the class itself, but the instructor, the style of music, the, the atmosphere, the, so whenever you walk into a class, there is going to be a, I mean, not that we're walking into classes these days, but when we do again, <laughs> someday, <laughs> there's a, a, a climate and atmosphere like an energy that comes with each, each instructor. So your your experience with me in my class would be vastly different, different from another instructor teaching the same modality. So even the same type of yoga within instructors is going to be different. And you're more receptive, you know, at different times. And especially like during this perimenopause season when, um, you know, looking at your husband can irritate you, let alone going to a class full of strangers and doing something you don't want to do. Right. So, you know, you have to, you have to really give it a chance. And like you said, it is a practice. It's something that we build on and you don't even realize that you're building on it. It, for many people, it doesn't even show up until six months later or mm -hmm. a year later when you realize, oh, I'm suddenly not angry at the sound of your breathing anymore. You know, when you're looking at your husband across the table or whatever it might be, I, I pick on my husband, but he's a wonderful man. But you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's, it definitely takes time and a little bit of, I don't know, maybe leeway with yourself, you know, giving mm -hmm. yourself the room to just explore and see where it takes you because the, the outcomes don't really jump out at you immediately, especially mm -hmm. when we're talking about self-care and, and as part of a mindful eating practice. These benefits usually take a while to show up and you don't notice them until after they're already a habit. Like that tuning in, you know, in that reflective way that we tune mm -hmm. into things, you know, like um, I'm hungry but I'm not really hungry. I'm bored or, you know, these kinds of things take a lot of time. So yeah, you can't, you can't just jump into one class and say, nope, not for me. That's, that's definitely not going to, to be my thing. It, it really helps to explore it and to check out the different kinds of, of mm -hmm. yoga and see what works for you today. 
Well, we've got 10 to 12 years of this perimenopause crap. So we've got the time. <laughs> we certainly do. We certainly do. And it's so much more accessible now. So, you know, I mean, uh, Zoom yoga takes a little bit out of the, the atmosphere, but um, you can absolutely still get the personality of the instructor teaching mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, you can do, you can do a, a very well, well balanced and well-rounded class in 30 minutes. Um, so a lot of what I do with uh, my perimenopause ladies are these, you know, 10 minute chunks, 30 minute chunks of time so that, you know, you can work it into whatever you have going on. So for listeners who've tried yoga before and gave up after two classes said, I've tried yoga. I don't like it. Try again, please yep. find, find another instructor, find another class. Just keep trying. It's, it's really important. I think that, that we keep trying this again, we have the time. So, <laughs> and, and the access, how about some other self-care behaviors that we can um, take part in and, you know, uh, take responsibility for to support our bodies and our minds during menopause outside of yoga? Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on how you're looking at, at self-care. And I always like to recommend that you come at self-care from a, the lens of nourishing your body. So self-care might be is simply uh, planning a meal plan, right? So sitting down on Sunday afternoon and taking the time to plan out how you're going to fit your vegetables in that week. That's self-care. Self-care can also be sitting down on your yoga mat and doing a five minute meditation, right? Of course, we all know of self-care, like the manis and petties and, and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but it's so much more than that. It's putting these habits and checks and balances in place so that you have a time out. Um, it's getting out into nature and soaking up the sun when we have it, or even, you know, getting out in the blistering cold when we have that too. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at ways that you can nourish your body. And it doesn't always mean, you know, that you have to slow down as part of self-care. It could as easily be going for a walk or going for a run if that's what's going to uplift you, if that's what's going to, at the end of that, whatever that, that self-care practice is, if that's what's going to make you want to non-harm and be present with your body, that's what self-care is all about. It's not just, um, you know, taking time with your your coffee and whatever it might be or, or snuggling in on a Saturday and watching Netflix for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. It's, it's all about taking the time and putting the effort into whatever form of practice it is that you need to nourish mind or body or spirit, mm -hmm. uh, as, as a routine. How about food yeah. during this time? What can we eat <laughs> that's going to support <laughs> That's going to support this journey. Um, are there particular foods or ways of eating? There are. So there is actually a very specific eating pattern for perimenopause. And uh, it goes on the principle of lean proteins, healthy fats, and fiber. So the reason that we focus on these three nutrients is because they will do the 
best for balancing hormones. So eliminating that weight gain, dealing with that belly fat, stopping those hot flashes and Mm -hmm. all of that. It really, it's a nice pattern to look at because it works with every every eating modality. So you can be a vegetarian and you can eat like that. You can be an omnivore and you can eat like that. I definitely recommend that, you know, you take a look at the processed foods and from the lens of mindful eating and yoga Mm -hmm. and look at how that's serving your body. It's not going to be beneficial for anybody, right? To have a lot of these processed Mm -hmm. foods and it's going to create a lot of inflammation. So what we look at is really balancing out and I'm, I'm like the fiber queen. I tell everybody more fiber. You can never have too much. So doing that in the terms of lots of produce, plant-based foods, whole grains that are going to really give you more fiber bang for your buck. That's the secret weapon for balancing hormones, trimming the belly, belly fat and managing your weight overall. Wow. Those are great, simple, easy things we can do. Some really high fiber, your favorite high fiber go-to's. Um, you know what, to believe, believe it or not, I love quinoa. Quinoa is, it's a superfood mm-hmm. and it's super easy to cook and add to everything. You mm-hmm. can toss it on everything from a Greek salad to make it its own dish. Um, I add it to my oatmeal and it has everything you need. It has the protein, it has the healthy fats, and it's a great fiber source. So that's, uh, that's probably my go-to for, checking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fits all of them. It even has protein, which is unusual for a grain, right? Grains, well, they will have some, but it's usually very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, quinoa tends to be on the higher side. Absolutely. Awesome. Perfect. The perfect food. <laughs> <laughs> so Tammy, when would it be time for someone to uh, seek out expert help with their hormones? At what point would someone need to maybe go find a specialist or see a specialist? Is there a point or can they go at any time? Yeah. Well, so it ta- we come to this with the mindset of quality of life. Mm -hmm. So when are your symptoms affecting your day to day? Now, it's always a good idea to have that annual physical and have this discussion with your physician. It's one of the things I talk about in my programs is building a really good uh, relationship and trustworthy relationship with your medical team. You should be able to have this conversation before you even turn 40. You know, what is this journey going to look like for me? What do I need to know? If you're already past that, which a lot of us are, it becomes about looking at quality of life. So are you skipping days of work because you're having hot flashes? Um, are you starting to withdraw and isolate yourself because you're afraid of mood swings and how they're going to impact, or you just have that feeling of, of, you know, apathy. You just don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're looking around and you can say, I hate my life. I hate myself right now. It's definitely time to have that discussion um, about either hormone replacement or strategies that you can put in place or whatever it needs to be for you, because you should not be suffering through this phase. You should be able to live a full and very pleasant life, even through this time when typically we think of, of you just need to get through this menopause journey, right? Mm-hmm. Just get to the other side. Yes. I hear so many women say, oh, I wish this was just over, It's 10 years. If you're just waiting for it to be over, you've missed 
a huge portion of your life. You've missed so much uh, that you could really be thriving during this time. So it's really important to, to have that conversation as soon as possible with your trusted medical providers. Mm-hmm. Um, get the lifestyle plan in place first because they'll all tell you, and even the um, NAMS, the North American Menopause Society says lifestyle first. Mm-hmm. So you want to you know, do everything you can in your power so that when it does become something that's affecting your day-to-day, you know what questions to ask, you know that you need the help, and you can be very proactive in making sure that you're not suffering through mm-hmm. this period. Wow, that's wonderful uh, information. You know, the lifestyle things we can do on our own, we can get all that set up, we can start exploring yoga, we can start improving our nutrition, none of that's going to hurt you. (laughs) Exactly, you can do all that. And we have to be our own advocates. And we have to I mean, look at, look at where you were with no you know, reference to perimenopause whatsoever. So we, it's on us to, to look out for ourselves. We cannot expect our providers to do everything. We have to do some exploration on our own and we have to, you know, figure out what approach do I want to take? I think most people would want to be able to support themselves first through nutrition and through, you know, mindfulness and other ways before they start taking medications or, you know, using hormone replacement, but those things are not going to hurt you. So, so do them. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about your practice, Tammy Rowe Wellness. Yes. So I integrate the yoga and nutrition in programs that are online and in-person for women who want to be their own advocate. They want to take that um, that responsibility onto themselves and live their best perimenopause life. So, uh, everything from, you know, individualized one-on-one nutrition counseling to really zero in on what your needs are. There are a lot of conditions that happen to women as we age that again, lifestyle is the first line of defense. So heart disease, Um, thyroid conditions, autoimmune uh, conditions. So these things all have a lifestyle component to them. And I help women to individualize their plans going forward. I also do group programs uh, where you can, uh, I run a membership where you can come in and get the nutrition and the yoga every single month, uh, have access to me and just really have support through that entire journey. And of course, I teach yoga both in person when I can and mm-hmm. uh, in online on demand classes. So yeah, I'm all, all things perimenopause and menopause in that yoga and nutrition uh, space. I love that you have created this place for women. It's incredible. You are so knowledgeable. And I know this was really eye opening for a lot of listeners. And I learned a lot talking with you. Um, How can listeners find you, Tammy? Mostly if you're on Instagram, I am perimenopause.nutritionist on Instagram. That's where mostly everything starts. Uh, But I do have a website out there. It is, and it's kind of hard to find. My name is is a weird spelling. It's Tammy Rowe Wellness. I'm assuming you'll put a link on there. Yes, I will. Um, Yeah, TammyRowWellness.com. And that also will take you everywhere you need to be. Uh, But absolutely reach out, DM me through uh, Instagram or 
hop on over to Facebook, Tammy Wellness. You can send me a message there as well. Uh, I do all my own messages, so there's no nobody else answering this stuff. It's all me. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, I know you've helped some people today, and I know you're going to be hearing from some listeners and me too. Tammy, this was a sincere pleasure, and I want to thank you so much for, for everything you brought to this today and for taking the time to record this with me. Yeah, and thank you for having yeah. me. Oh, my pleasure. And I hope that uh, you and I will, will be partners in wellness for women for a long time. Of course. Yes. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And this girl puts out is officially signing off. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And for more stories about real life women, visit thisgirlputsout.com. Thank you.